two, one. Are we live? We're live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. Now, usually I don't do this, but um, wait, 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 wait. Let me try that again. Usually I don't do this, but uh, go ahead on break them off with. Welcome to John the Kogan Show. I said I don't usually do this. But you know when we talk about central bank digital currencies. Bank of International Settlement. Corruption. Suppression. The elites trying to impose. We got to pump out the jam, baby. Should we get started? I know you feeling it now, baby. All right. Again, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. It's great to be with you. It's good to be back. It's been a little bit of a break. Hope you caught the last episode with Tom Luongo. Did very well. Very well. So very happy for the support there. Incredible feedback. In fact, we've got one of the best feedbacks of any episode. Definitely did the best on YouTube, but we don't have a huge presence on YouTube. But thank you. A lot of new subscribers, a lot of new people, part of the community, pro-love, pro-human, pro-earth community, anti-nuclear war, anti-central bank digital currencies, anti-tyranny. We have very basic principles that, you know, not long ago, all the peasants were on board with. Now the peasants, some of them, believe they are on the side of the elites how that happened i do not know but propaganda i do know it's propaganda propaganda is powerful okay now you have to understand we've been on this so many times and on this particular issue i have many episodes you can go back and listen you could probably just go to jsk.transistor.fm you could probably search the episodes and just type in cbdc fantastic episodes on it you can go check it out whenever you'd like um before we get started please subscribe to the Jonathan Kogan show podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to subscribe on rumble and YouTube, that's just a plus plus Twitter at K O G Z. You can listen and watch every single episode there along with the greatest hot takes for team peasant in the whole world. And, um, and if you like the pod and you've been with the community for a while, or maybe you're new and you love the pod, please give it a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast. If you write something in the rating, like a little, oh, I love this because Johnny K is so truthful and honest and standing up for the people, something like that, I will read it at the beginning of the following episode. Always. So five-star review, it helps with the algorithms and you know beats through all the censorship, which not long ago, censorship was uh, frowned upon. You know, We used to think, at least in the West, like censorship was something bad guys did. And then all of a sudden, we think it's something good guys did. Talk about brainwashing. Here's another brainwash one, which we've predicted that if you do not accept central bank digital currencies, then you hate humanity and you hate money. Okay. That's going to be the new spiel. All right. You don't like CBDCs. What do you want everyone to be poor? What, what do you, what do you want us to be bankrupt? Do you want What do you hate people flourishing? Okay. No, 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 no. We do like decentralized finance. We don't like centralized Central planners having centralized institutions of power where they can just impose themselves, where perhaps they get corrupted and then they have an agenda. Like, I don't know, maybe some of that's appeared here and there throughout the last few years and showing the whole system's broken. We need to rebuild new institutions, new ways of doing things, distributed amongst the people, power to the people. Okay. I'm a peasant. I will always stand up for the peasants. That is just how I am built, no matter what happens. Okay. And, uh, so anyways, 
the Bank of International Settlements, with Bank of International Settlements, the BIS, which is the bank, central bank of central banks, okay, just came out with their blueprint for the future monetary system, improving the old, enabling the new. We're going to go through, there's a document, okay? And there's also a little video here. So we're going to play the minute 36 video or minute 30 video right now on this new framework and what they're trying to uh, implement, which by the way, never forget, people like Peter Zion went on Joe Rogan and said, and Joe Rogan's like, say, hey, central bank digital currencies, what do you think? He's like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. And Joe's like, uh, let me uh, pull up like a mainstream article. He pulls it up and and, and Zion's like, no, 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 that, that would never happen. Okay, so never forget the people who became shills. Never forget, okay? You got to understand where to get the truth and where not to get the truth. There's people who are paid, there are people who do it for the people and are probably still paid, but you got to separate who's doing it to real journalism and trying to get information out there and who's trying to like take a part or play a part in this blockade slash you think you're part of the establishment, but they're going to cut you right. You know, when they make it like, it's crazy. It's just crazy. People think they're on the winning team. So again, blueprint for the future monetary system. We're going to go through the report in detail. took some time. That's why it's been a little while since I've been doing a pod. But we're going to be back at it. We got a lot to get into. Things are taking off again, meaning things are insane. Let's play this video. It's called Blueprint for the Future Monetary System, Improving the Old, Enabling the New by Hung Sung Shin. I shouldn't say it like that. That's not right. But it looks like Han Sung Shin, Economic Advisor and Head of Research of the BIS. Here we go. Tokenization is more than just a presentation of money and assets. It involves digital representation on a programmable platform, which means that tokens can incorporate the rules and logic governing transfers, as well as the information about the asset itself. Now, currently, money and other claims reside in separate databases that are connected through third-party messaging systems, meaning that transactions need to be reconciled separately before being set penalty. Tokenization makes all this wise operation. Tokenization is well suited to resolve incentive and information problems. Think of an example where a buyer would like to pay when the goods are delivered, while the seller would like to deliver the goods when the buyer pays. Tokenization can solve this problem by executing both transactions at the same time. Two real world apps discussed in the chapter are resolving foreign exchange settlement risk and unlocking supply chain finance. A unified ledger with CBDCs can make full use of the ability of central bank money to knit together diverse elements of the financial system. In this sense, the full potential of tokenization can be harnessed by having central bank money reside on the same venue. So do you want me to just translate that for you? Because maybe you just didn't understand. Uh, give us all the power and we will make sure you're safe and we will take care of everything. Okay. Don't worry. We, you will own nothing. You will be happy and you will be so safe that because we own the financial monetary system, we will ensure there's no gain of function research. Okay. We will ensure we are not working on bat viruses that is going to take out humanity. If you give us full trust in all your economics and your entire portfolio, because this isn't actually just central bank digital currencies. And this is where things get crazy. Okay. So this is from, it's, it's everything. It's your stocks. It's your bond, everything, your car, your loans, 
every single thing they want on one unified ledger because, as they say, it offers unfounded control that we've never had or the ability to, to uh, you know, do things uh, that we've never been able to do before on one ledger, take things away, maybe prevent you from buying something, maybe stopping this. It's absolutely unbelievable. And don't don't forget, they're going to sell it to you like, oh, we need this to save the system or there's too much debt that there's no other option. Otherwise you're going to have, they're going to put you with a carrot and a stick scenario where you're going to literally have no option. They're going to make it where the whole economy's crumbling. And the only way to like eat food is to use a central bank digital currency. But you got to remember there's other options. There's Bitcoin, there's other solutions, but they need to discredit all of these solutions to impose central bank digital currencies. And the way they do that is so interesting. It's actually amazing. So this is the report, okay? Full report. I have it on the screen, 34 pages. If you're listening, don't worry. I'm going to read the highlights here. So this is very important, very important stuff. This is crazy. And they're coming out with a new report in four days. We'll cover that on the pod too. So again, blueprint for the future monetary system, improving the old, enabling the new. Here's the key takeaways. Tokenization of money and assets has great potential, but initiatives to date have taken place in silos without access to central bank money and the foundation of trust it provides. So that's a big selling point. You're going to hear it come up again in a little bit of how they say Bitcoin and DeFi cannot be trusted, obviously, because it doesn't include central banks. And without central banks, money is worthless. That's their selling point. It's unbelievable. Next point, a new type of financial market infrastructure, the unified ledger, a unified ledger, could capture the full benefits of tokenization by combining central bank money, tokenized deposits, and here we go, tokenized assets on a programmable platform. They can program it where you can, you know, have permission to do this or you don't have permission to do that or someone has a low, so like my social credit score uh, according to the government and the elites of like, you know, doing as you're told and shutting up and playing by the, you know, the rules that they impose that, you know, make them make more money and take away all the assets and just become wealthier and more prosperous. And everybody else just becomes dirt poor and equally has nothing. My social credit score is probably negative 18 right now. Okay. And that's generous. Okay. If it, it's literally probably negative 434. All right. It's really bad. Why? Because we tell the truth. They don't want you to be able to tell the truth. And if they can control your money, control your assets, well, guess what? Your mouth's going to be shut a lot more. Point three of four. As well as improving existing processes through the seamless integration of transactions, a unified ledger could harness programmability to enable arrangements that are currently not practicable, thereby expanding the universe of possible economic outcomes. You see where this is going? You see where this is going? It starts with, oh, it's safe, secure. It prevents, you know, money laundering and terrorism, even though fiat, as of today, the largest terrorist organizations are governments. But don't worry. Let's just sweep that under the rug. We don't need to, don't worry about that one. That's okay. That's okay. We can fund wars everywhere in the world, end up creating ISIS from those wars, create total uh, destabilized countries like Iraq and Afghanistan, everywhere else. But that the that's okay. That's money well spent. That's $8 trillion for love. Okay. It's for human rights. All right. It's for democracy. Last point, multiple ledgers, each with a specific use case might coexist 
interlinked by application programming interfaces to ensure interoperability so they can all communicate with one another, as well as promote financial inclusion and a level playing field. Okay. They want everybody to equally have nothing, nothing. So yes, you will, everyone's equal equity, 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 which means everybody will have a piece of bread when they're given the piece of bread and they're going to share their house and share their cars and share everything, all your assets. You will own nothing and be happy when they tell you and they write articles that say you will own nothing and be happy. Why would you not take it seriously? They write white papers on it, okay? They write white papers on how there are too many humans in the world, even though really our birth rate's dropping so low, and in 20 years, the biggest threat to the world is literally not having enough people, but they think there's too many people, okay? They think there needs to be less people on earth. They write white papers on how to decrease the population, how to control the population, how to ensure they don't own anything. They write papers on it, why you don't believe them or why you don't go and audit and read these papers yourself, I have no idea. I have no idea. People are willing to fight to the death saying it's all not true. It's all conspiracy theory without ever looking up the source information. It's mind-blowing. It's it's public data. It's all on the internet. Use the internet. Just don't, perhaps don't look at the first three results of Google. There's subtle censorship going on. Everywhere you look, the closest thing that's not censored, if you're talking about like just tons of information, is really Twitter right now, but there's still censorship there, but it's much better. You got to really dig in deep. Okay. Let's get back on topic here. Let's, let's cover this report. And then we, it's just so much going on. So I'll read this introduction. I wasn't going to read this before, but let me just read kind of, you can understand their worldview, these central planners throughout history, developments in the monetary system and society at large have been closely interwoven. This interplay has been a story of one side pulling the other, leading to dramatic leaps in economic activity over time. On the one hand, the evolving needs and demands of society have spurred the monetary system to adapt. On the other hand, key innovations in money and payments have unleashed latent demand for new types of economic activity that have led to dramatic spurts of economic growth and development. The rapid expansion of trade and commerce over the past 500 years would be scarcely imaginable if buyers and sellers still had to cart around a heavy chest full of metal coins to pay for goods or services. The advent of money in the form of book entries on ledgers overseen by trusted intermediaries opened the door to new financial instruments that bridged both geographical distance and the long lags between the delivery of goods and settlement of payments. All right. Here, listen to this paragraph I highlighted here. So they're telling, when I say that there's a changing world order, which there's lots of documents to back that up, there's a book on it. Uh, they say it in their speeches, okay? Like Xi Jinping and Putin, they talk about this, all right? And so do we, we in the U.S. as well too. Like, oh, we need to keep the current world order, you know, the U.S.-led world order from, you know, Bretton Woods. So they're telling you that the monetary system is changing, they are implementing an entirely new system. This old system will not work anymore. Everything must be digitized. So last paragraph in the BIS annual economic report, 2023, in the intro today, the monetary system stands at the cusp of another major leap following dematerialization de de and digitalization. The key development is tokenization. The process of representing claims digitally on a programmable platform. You must have the word programmable so they can, programmable means control. 
This can be seen as the next logical step in digital record keeping and asset transfer. Tokenization could dramatically enhance the capabilities of the monetary and financial system by harnessing new ways for intermediaries to interact and serving end users, removing the traditional separation of messaging, reconciliation, and settlement. Tokenization could unlock new types of economic arrangement that the frictions that the frictions inherent in the current monetary system have been made impractical. Impractical. Sorry, sometimes my uh, my reading of English isn't so good. You know what I mean? Okay. Now they have to discredit all other options. Just like when you uh, let me give you a hypothetical. When they, when you want to get an EUA, an emergency use author, authorization on a particular medicine, you have to discredit every other medicine that could be used in that place successfully. Otherwise, you can't get an EUA approved. So you have to go and discredit things, okay? Like saying certain medications are horse paste, horse paste and stuff like that, even though they, they've been used on billions of people, stuff like that, okay? So what do you need to do in this case? Discredit crypto and DeFi. Here we go. Crypto and decentralized finance, also known as DeFi, have offered a glimpse of tokenization's promise, but crypto is a flawed system that cannot take on the mantle of the future of money. Not only is crypto self-referential with little contact with the real world, it also lacks the anchor of trust in money provided by the central bank. The central bank, people, that is what is trustworthy. The bankers are trustworthy. The people who own the central banks are the ones you trust. Never forget. While stablecoins have mushroomed to fill this vacuum by mimicking central bank money, the implosion of the crypto universe in the past year shows there is no substitute for the real thing. They actually create charts, and I have data. They, they let you print out the Excel file to show how stablecoins cannot, cannot be uh, used successfully, that it has to be something that's issued from the central bank. And they discredit, they use FTX as an example, and what happened to stablecoins and their peg. I mean, it's unbelievable. We'll get into that in a little bit. So here's another part of this same topic. The collapse of crypto and the faltering progress of other tokenization projects underline a key lesson. What's that key lesson, you might ask? Here's that key lesson. The success of tokenization rests on the foundation of trust provided by central bank money and its capacity to knit together key elements of the financial system. This capacity derives from the central bank's role at the core of the monetary system. Among its many functions, the central bank issues the economy's unit of account and ensures the finality of payments through settlements on its balance sheet. So if you do not have central banks, you cannot have a successful society. You must have a two-tier society. You must have elites. You must have peasants. That's what they're saying. They need a neo-feudal society. That's what they're trying to do here. You can't do it any other way. So then they talk about this new type of financial market infrastructure, FMI, which is this unified ledger, which gives them programmable control of how to control your assets, whether you're a good, you know, it ties to social credit score. That is where this goes. Okay. You have a good social credit score. You get a low interest rate loan. You tell the truth and, you know, talk, speak out against the powerful, like we do on the Jonathan Cogan show. You don't get loans. And if you do, it's at 800%. Okay. It's like, basically, if you speak the truth, you get an IMF, International Monetary Fund structural adjustment, which they give, which the West gives to poor uh, countries to take advantage of their resources to get cheap items in the West. You suppress them through structural adjustments, they call it, okay? And basically give them so much debt that you know they can never get out of it. So you control that government and you control the people. 
Do you tell the government in order to get more another loan to pay off the interest of the debt? You need to suppress wages. You need to stifle dissent. And you need to send all of your key resources to the West for us to make electric cars and all this other stuff. That's the way it really works. Okay? Go read Hidden, Hidden Repression. Okay? Good book. All right. What's an advantage, you might say, of this unified ledger? Moreover, by having, quote, everything in one place, a unified ledger provides a setting in which a broader array of contingent actions can be automatically executed to overcome information and incentive problems. In this way, tokenization could expand the universe of possible contracting outcomes. The unified ledger thus opens the way for entirely new types of economic arrangement that are impossible today due to incentive and informational frictions. They don't have as much control as they want. <gasps> Excuse me. Oh my God, did you hear that burp? But even if they were doing this out of the goodness of their heart, the truth is if any tyrannical dictator, anyone who is power hungry got control of this, it would be terrible. So even if it was in the interest of the people, this isn't going to end well. So what's the next stage? This next stage in the financial systems journey will be one that combines the best efforts of both the private and public sectors. Again, this public-private partnership, that's fascism. Just want to rem let's remember that, okay? That's what they preach at the WEF. We want public-private partnerships. We want the big banks and big pharma and the president and all this stuff to be all best friends, okay? That's not good for the people, I promise you. Central banks could work with uh, regulated private entities to, de to develop technological solutions and standards to meet specific use cases. With their public interest mandate, Central banks are best placed to establish a common venue for each use case by interlinking with the monetary system. Proper oversight and supervision will be a prerequisite for this endeavor. There's a quote uh, by one of the Rothschilds many years ago. He's like, uh, I need not control, like, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but I need not control, you know, who is the government leader. Uh, let me control uh, the, the money or the bank and I will show you the boss. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. Control the money, control the world. Henry Kissinger, his quote. So then they show how this all works. They have a bunch of graphics. They talk about central bank digital currency and private uh, private tokenized monies. So you have to understand, it's the same system we experienced the last three years. Discredit existing options that work, okay? And I know that's debated, but some that work or may not work, okay? There's questionable that they could work. Discredit those in order to get this emergency use or this, this uh, uh, um, uh, actionable uh, task of being able to bring in something new that will benefit the ex the people who are the existing leaders of the current world structure. Okay, so in this case, it's the people. You know, the, in the first case, it was people who are part of a part of big pharma, mainstream media, all that stuff. You know, more money, all this stuff, mandates. Now, through a, a mandate through the central bank, boom. They can change the money, they can change the system that you use, and then boom, that centralizes control even more. This is what Klaus Schwab meant when he said that we are entering a world with bigger governments, more centralized power. Now, I think there's going to be a lot of friction with that, and that ultimately we're going to be more distributed, more smaller communities, people are going to adopt Bitcoin and other options, other DeFi protocols, and things are not going to go their way. But a large part of the population I actually do think will adopt this because I'm still amazed how many people have, are unable to wake up and see what is going on. Like, you, I guess maybe it's just a gift of being apolitical, but when you see, like, in the United States, the leading candidate of the opposing uh, party, like, trying to be jailed, who's running for president the next election, like, like, 
listen, that doesn't make you Republican. This just makes you like, if I told you that in another country that the current people in power were jailing their opponent, which was the president before this person in power and was the leader of the opposing party in the next election, that they're trying to put him in jail, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a banana republic. That would never happen here. Well, it's happening here. All this stuff, everything. Okay, if if you can't wake up over the past three years, I don't know what I don't know what there is to do. I mean, go listen to more episodes of Jonathan Cogan shows. All we do, we wake up people all across the world. Um, yeah, we're very proud of that here. So then they talk about experiments, and you can go to the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements YouTube page. I mean, you can go to their homepage, bis.org, and they talk about all these projects that they have. Okay, they have a bunch of projects in action of cross-border payments between certain central banks in certain countries. They have a bunch of projects, and they have videos on it on their YouTube. You can watch what each project is, but they're experiments. Some of them are like. Project Helvetia, Project Jura, Project Dunbar, Project Enbridge, uh, Project Dynamic, Project Genesis. And it says what the use case is, who's participating, which currencies it affects. Um, is it payment versus pay, payment, delivery versus payment? They're testing stuff all. They want to keep you divided and yelling at other peasants and you keep disagreeing and more friction society and implement a new monetary system that they do not care if you fight anymore. They're keeping you divided to keep your main, to keep your eye off the main prize, which is to control the new monetary system. Okay. They will keep you fighting with another, one another and they're tricking you. The truth is you're on the same team as every other person across the universe. All right. We're all on the same team. The people who are not on the team are the ones that are purposely dividing us, whether it's through social media, whether it's through censorship, whether it's through narratives, you know, whether it's through the monetary system, whether it's through sanctions, all this stuff. Okay. It's all intentional to keep you at each other's throat so they can implement an entirely new system in the digital age and have full control over you for the rest of your life. Please, please see the bigger picture. Please share this with someone or more than one person so they can see the bigger picture. Like this isn't a political thing. This is everyone should come together and unite behind this and say, we don't want this. We don't want central planners to have more power. That should be something we all agree on unless you're a central planner, right? Is that crazy? So now they need to discredit stable coins. Stable coins are an alternative form of private tokenized money, but they leave important shortcomings. That's their first paragraph. Okay. And then they talk about, I won't go into too much detail about it, but they tell you how stable coin is not good because it basically doesn't have the trust of the central bank. And, uh, you know, there can be fraud and terrorists and all this stuff, which by the way, more people use the U S dollar for terrorism than any other currency that's ever existed in mankind. But that's not here nor there. And then they show you, and I have the data, they let you print out the data of how stable coins are not good by using the failures of FTX and Silicon Valley bank coincide with stable coin price volatility. And the reason SVB is on there is because um, the USDC stablecoin has a one-to-one reserves for every dollar that they uh, is available with the USDC stablecoin. There's a dollar somewhere, you know, in a bank. Well, a mass billions were in SVB. And so if SVB went down, the peg is lost because now you're not backed one-to-one. Now you're back like one to 0.6 because you just lost a bunch of your reserves if the bank goes under. They were bailed out, and so everything went back up to one-to-one, but for a short period, it lost that peg. And the funny thing about using FTX is that the elites are using FTX as uh, the vehicle originally to set 
crypto regulation to become immune from any prosecution, to really become the central bank of the crypto universe. They were in, there's so much corruption. It's so obvious. There's so much going on now with crypto, which we'll get into at another date, but Operation Chokepoint 2.0, I did a whole podcast on that, but there's a lot more going on recently. Uh, they're in cahoots with Prometheus, this other company, which uh, these lawyers are like the founder CEO. And for some reason, they're given a license by the SEC, but other platforms like Coinbase are being sued and not given like it's crazy. Because clearly there's some sort of corruption connection of the people who, and people are exposing the backgrounds of the people who run Prometheus, however you say it, and uh, Gary Gensler is the head of the SEC, and so much corruption. It's absolutely insane. I'll do, I'll, I'll read one of those threads on a later podcast, but it's funny. They, they were using FTX on the way up, and then when, you know, they got crushed and basically fell under, they're now using it as a reason to further their CBDC, they can't, their CBDC agenda, they can't lose. They can use whatever they are trying to use one way or another, okay, to advance one of their agendas. Um, And here's where it says, finally, tokenized deposits have advantages over stable coins in terms of compliance with KYC, which is know your customer, anti-money laundering, AML, and combating the financing of terrorism rules, which is CFT. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they really care about terrorism when billions of dollars literally comes from the United States government and every other government to perform wars, to overthrow overthrow governments, uh to spread democracy, quote unquote. I'm not just blaming the US on this. I'm blaming every government. Okay? They're all terrible, all right? And literally the worst things that happen are with the US dollar. But they're going to tell you it's Bitcoin. They're going to tell you it's stablecoin. They're going to lie to your face because they don't care. They don't care. They're not working for you. They haven't worked for you in decades. Okay? All you people saying we must save democracy, save democracy. You lost democracy a long time ago. A long time ago. So then it goes through the building blocks of a unified ledger where it says there are two key aspects to the design of a unified ledger. The first is that it combines all the components needed to complete a transaction on one platform which means all your assets, everything. I It says, i.e., it has everything in one place. I mean, everything. This is not central bank digital currency. This is central bank digital everything. The second <clears throat> is that it features money and assets as executable objects, which means they could be transferred safely and securely without going through external authentication and verification processes and without relying on external messaging systems. The central planners can control everything. They could dictate what goes where. They could dictate if something is approved. If it's not approved, they could stop something. It is full tyranny of the financial system. Don't be fooled. It goes on and on. It shows a bunch of beautiful graphics. I, I you know, I recommend you always look at the source documents. I recommend uh, that I that I do these podcasts on. I, I always share it. You should go uh, to the Bank of International Settlements, bis.org, and you should read this for yourself. I mean, this is very important that you go and look at the main documents and not just take my word for it, even though I'm quoting it and literally reading directly from the document, you still should go see it yourself. They talk about governance, uh, the tokenization of jurisdictions, uh, data, data privacy, which they don't care about. They just want to make sure they're going to tell you, oh, it's going to be so private and secure because we're going to have control of it. And no one else can see it. You don't want that, though. You don't want that. So the last part of this of this report says 
public-private collaboration is essential to develop technological solutions, establish common platforms, and ensure proper oversight and supervision. Through cooperation, innovation, and integration, it is possible to pave the way for a monetary system that builds on trust, enables new economic arrangements, enhances the efficiency and accessibility of financial transactions, and responds to the evolving demands of households and firms. Key takeaway, public-private collaboration is essential. Do you know what that means? You do, because we just talked about what that means. It means that the largest private institutions, like the commercial banks, and the largest, most powerful governments in the world, like the United States, NATO, everybody involved in Europe, Canada, U.S., I mean, China, all of them, dictatorships, okay, communist countries, everyone, everyone, they're going to work together. And you believe, just like when Big Pharma works with government and mainstream media, that they have your best interest at heart, that's their number one rule, is to save lives? Really? Really? That... If you believe that, you are a conspiracy theorist of conspiracy theorists. They may, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, that might be an interest of theirs. But it falls like, it's like number eight on the list. Number one is maximize power, maximize profit, maximize control, right? Maximize our status. It's not to save lives. It's not to help people. So when you translate that to banking, Central bank's number one priority is not keeping you safe or keeping you secure. Enough with the safety. I'm down to give up safety for life, okay? Life is an inherent risk, okay? I take that chance. I'd rather have the chance of getting hurt than being told and protected and being told by the government that I'm protected and safe for the rest of my life and I'll never get hurt. I'd rather scrape my knee. I'd rather smash my eyeball. I'd rather break my nose, okay? I want the opportunity to get hurt. I don't need to be protected. Either do you. We need freedom of transactions, freedom of the monetary system, freedom amongst the people, trade with one another, support one another, get information from trustworthy sources, not top-down central planning authority. It's not good. I don't know what else I need to say. If you're new to the podcast, this is all new to you. This is groundbreaking. This is crazy. But we cover this everywhere. We cover this all the time. And the last thing I'll get to is there's this great site. This is so cool. So if you're watching this, you're in for a treat. Feels like I got something in my throat. It's called AtlanticCouncil.org and then backslash CBDC Tracker. This is an amazing site. So it talks, so what exactly is a central bank digital currency? A CBDC is virtual money backed and issued by a central bank. As cryptocurrencies and stable coins have become more popular, the world's central banks have realized that they need to provide an alternative or let the future of money pass them by. And this site is like, in real time, it says hover over a country to see their status, click on a country to learn more. And you could just go over, like, for example, over here, if I go over, uh, so Senegal, oh, it says can't, hold on. This one, if it's pink, Nigeria, is it's launched. So Nigeria, it says status launched, use case retail, that's amongst the regular people. Technology, fabric, architecture, uh, intermediated. Underlying technology, DLT, access account, technology partnerships, Bit Inc. I mean, it's amazing. <clears throat> you can go over to the United States. Status, development, use case, both, architecture, intermediated. It's got the whole world in real time. Uh, Sweden's in pilot. Australia's in pilot. Who's down here? South Africa's in pilot. A lot of the West is in pilot. Uh, but the UK, Canada, the US... Brazil, they're all in development still. 
pilot is right before launch. But this great site keeps it in real time. It tells you key findings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, for example, 11 countries have fully launched a digital currency. And China's pilot, which reaches 260 million people, is set to expand to most of the country in 2023. Jamaica is the latest country to launch its CBDC, the Jam-Dex. Um, here's another fact, key findings. And this updates in real time. 114 countries representing over 95% of global GDP are exploring a CBDC. In May 2020, only 35 countries were considering a CBDC. A new high of 60 countries are in an advanced phase of exploration, which is either development, pilot, or launch. In 2023, over 20 countries will take significant steps towards piloting a CBDC. Australia, Thailand, Brazil, India, South Korea, and Russia intend to continue or begin pilot testing in 2023. The ECB, the European Central Bank, is also likely to start a pilot next year. Now, on that ECB, don't forget there was a prank call with the head of the ECB. Is that Christine Lagarde, I believe? Uh, with a, a fake Zelensky. And he asked about CBDC, and she said it's going to launch in October 2023. So I tweeted that out. Mark my words. She said it. It's going to probably be October 2023. It's almost here. So, and then you go down here and it says issue spotlight, cross-border CBDC projects. And it talks about all these projects that I just mentioned, like Project Rosalind. In June 2022, the Bank of England partnered with the BIS Innovation Hub in London to create prototypes for a CBDC application program for retail CBDC, which is based on a two-tier intermediated model. And it goes through Project Jura. It's got everything and all the details about it. And then below that, it says the timeline, race for the future of money. 10% have launched, 15% are in pilot, 28% are in development, 32% research, uh, and 12% are inactive. It gives you some information on the ABCs of CBDCs. Again, this is called AtlanticCouncil.org. And then backslash CBDC tracker. I'd bookmark it. It's really good. And then it's got related content. A little bit of it's outdated, but really good stuff. Really, really cool site. Really cool site. And it's real-time update on what's going on in CBDC. You can check out your country, check out, you know, uh, what projects are, are being, uh, you know, implemented in your country, what stage they're at, you know, what's coming up and just prepare, just prepare. Very, very cool. Very cool stuff. Um, man, it's just crazy. It's crazy where we're at. It's crazy what's going on. And if you don't believe me, I mean, on the BS website, this is from the source, the Bank of International Settlements. This is a press release. I'm going to read an old press release from October, 2022. BIS and four central banks complete successful pilot of real value transactions on cross-border CBDC platform. They're, they're so far into this. It's happening right in front of your eyes in real time. So in 2022, in October, 20 banks in Hong Kong, Thailand, mainland China, the UAE used Embridge platform to conduct 164 payment and foreign exchange transactions totaling over $22 million. The pilot advances multi-CBDC experimentation by settling real value directly on the platform. The BIS will present the Embridge pilot at Hong Kong FinTech Week along with updates on Project Aurum, Retail CBDC, and Genesis 2.0, Green Finance. Green Finance. So that's a big push. So the climate change is tied to this. Everything you're seeing is somehow related to CBDCs and what's going on, whether it's the climate change movement, uh, you know, the Green New Deal, um, uh, whether it's centralizing power with with 
you know, new laws around, uh, you know, what people can go equity, what people can go where, what people get loans, you know, reparate all this stuff. It's to stir up the emotions of the people and get, get you outraged at one another while you're yelling at your friend across the street who you think you hate. They're implementing a totally tyrannical new financial system that you'll never get out of that. Your kids will be slaves to and their kids and their kids till the end of time. Okay. And AI will probably be running the world on behalf of the elites. This is it. They knew, they know they're losing control. So the power of these new instruments, whether it's AI, whether it's blockchain, whether it's just the monetary system in general, we must keep it in the hands of the people. The people must win this arms race. The arms race isn't a nuclear race. It's not an AI race between governments. No, it is all these new tools. Even Klaus said at the WEF, Whoever masters these tools messes the future. Well, there's two parties going after these tools. It's the peasants and the elites, baby. If the elites get it, it's over. Total tyranny till the end of time. You'll never be able to get out of it. If the people win out, which I think we will, baby, then we will finally be free in the fourth stage of humanity, which is this new information age, which is the information is the foundation of society instead of the industrial uh, age or the industrial revolution where, uh, you know, uh, factories and all that stuff was the foundation. Now it's information. Now it's digital. And this is our chance to be free, baby. You're feeling the break off. It's a massive break off. Go read the sovereign individual predicted this in 1997. It's fascinating. Unbelievable. So that's where we're at today. I want to keep you updated. I want you to know what's going on because you're probably not reading these reports. You don't have time to search through all this stuff. There's so much going on. You're, and you're probably distracted thinking you hate someone that you don't, but I'm here to help you out. I'm going to sift through it. I'm going to tell you the info you need to know. That's what the Jonathan Cogan show is here for. So all I ask is to please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Please give it a five-star rating and please share with 17 people. That's all I ask. I ask for nothing more, nothing more. If you want to donate patreon.com forward slash ownership economy, you could do five bucks a month. That'd be amazing. It helps with production costs, helps with my time. I'm going to take this to the next level. So uh, thank you for being with me today. It's great being with you. I love being with you. And um, listen, we'll be back tomorrow. We're here on the reg. And uh, I know it's a lot of info and this was a pretty uh, technical type episode, but it's important. It's important. All right. Uh, I'll actually play one clip uh, from the BI. It's called the business podcast, like BIS NIS. Okay. Very clever bank of international settlements. Here's a little clip from their podcast. You want to go listen to that where they talk about this. Uh, here, take a listen real quick. Ledger entries maintained, you know, maintained by trusted intermediaries. But that was a huge innovation um, in the 16th and 17th centuries because, um, you know, it was actually, um, you know, that kind of innovation which allowed financial innovation for new types of financial uh, you know, instruments. At some point, it would be better, we argue, to go to a new financial market infrastructure, so a, a brand new infrastructure uh, that can, you know, start with a clean slate. Now, with uh, programmability, what tokens can do is to uh, combine all of the different steps, the trading, uh, the reconciliation, and the settlement, all of the different steps into one seamless operation. So, by the way, Make sure you heard what he said, a clean slate. Don't forget, there's so much debt in the world that it needs to be erased somehow. And usually debts are erased with war, which is what we're seeing now, or 
they implement a totally new system and wipe out the debts and start over again. We're not going to let them implement CBDCs against our will. We're going to keep the freedom with the people and we are going to work towards a better future for all of humanity. That's what the John the Kogan show is here for. That's why you're on this earth at this period of time. We need to come together. We need to love one another and we need to win for the future, for our children, for our children's children, and for all of humanity. I love you. I hope you have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.